filled with teaching, truths and issues that matter. Bernie Diamond's A Different Perspective, part of Night Vision each weeknight. Details at vision.org.au. Life, culture and current events from a biblical perspective. 2020 on Vision. The Australian Senate has passed a bill banning imports made using forced labour. Independent Senator Rex Patrick wants the coalition government now to allow the bill to clear the House of Representatives. The bill is seen as an important step forward in the international efforts to combat modern slavery. Well, let's get some insight from Peter Keegan, who's Director of Advocacy at the Baptist World Aid. Peter, welcome along to 2020. Neil, thanks for having me. Peter, listeners will know your name because we've been talking of recent times about the ethical fashion guide and uh, all sorts of issues around the ethics of what happens along the supply chain right back to those factories where garments in particular are made. I want to ask you right at the start here, how widespread do you think this idea of slavery is in sweatshops around the world right now? Oh, look, Neil, sadly still far too widespread. Uh, The best estimates that we have are that over 40 million people, that's 40.3 to be precise, uh, are living in conditions that are the equivalent of modern-day slavery today. So that's that's a whole lot of different things bundled up in that definition. That's people who are being exploited in, in slavery-like conditions in, in uh, private economy supply chains. It's about 4 million people who are working in forced labour conditions imposed by states, by their own governments, and, and also a, a similar number, about another 20 million, who are in forms of forced sex, sexual exploitation or forced marriages. So all up, over 40 million people, so that's that's quite a bit more than the population of Australia, living and working in modern slavery-like conditions. It's, it's really shocking that it continues to exist at this scale in the world today. So you must be pretty impressed that Rex Patrick uh, put this bill to the Senate and they said yes and they wanted to go off to the House of Representatives. That certainly sounds like a breakthrough, doesn't it? Look, it's a fantastic step forward, and we've been making small steps forward over recent years. We saw the Modern Slavery Act um, introduced in, in late 2018, so that was a fantastic first step. But it's still there were still lots of gaps in what we needed to be doing as a country to really respond effectively to the issues of modern slavery and forced labour. So late last year, Senator Rex Patrick introduced the first form of this bill. At that point, he was really responding to a lot of the stories that were coming out of the Xinjiang region in Western China, where some really disturbing stories of of forced labour occurring amongst the Uyghur people there. So the first form of this bill was specifically targeted on forced labour from that region alone. And then it went off to an inquiry over the last few months. Um, And in that inquiry, it was recommended not only that the bill be adopted, but that it be broadened and strengthened to include goods made with forced labour anywhere in the world. So that's a really important step forward to see a piece of legislation that amends a really old law, the the Customs Act in Australia. It amends the Customs Act to make it uh, to introduce a complete ban on goods produced with forced labor no matter where they come from in the world. And Peter, you've done some research too on Australian attitudes to forced labor and that might give us some insights as to how the government might vote on this, but uh, what did you find with Aussie attitudes to forced labor and this idea of slavery? 
Yeah, look, I mean, perhaps it's not surprising, it's encouraging that we overwhelmingly think this is a terrible thing. When you ask Australians, you know, do you know about forced labour? And more than that, do you think that the Australian government has a responsibility to pass laws that restrict products that have been made with forced labour? Over 93% of us say yes. We, we absolutely believe that those laws need to be in place. And 51.6% of us, so, so a clear majority, not only agree, but we strongly agree. So there is strong and wide community support. doesn't matter which way you cut it, different parts of the country, different age groups, different demographics. We all see that this is a clear moral issue. There's no ambiguity here. Uh, we need to do everything that we can, and the government has a responsibility to be part of that solution. So if the bill goes through, as it has done in the upper house, and as the aspiration is to pass in the lower house, and there's a ban on imports made using forced labour, I wonder if you've got any insights there about how you police that, because uh, there are complications, aren't there? Yeah, sure. There'll there'll be details customs officials and companies will need to work through. Um, but that's not impossible. And there's, there's plenty of precedents elsewhere in the world. The US, for example, already has similar legislation in place and has for a number of years, and they find ways to make that work. So there'll be lessons that we need to learn from other countries like the US around how they do it. Uh, but it's also becoming easier over time as new technologies that make it easier to trace the source of goods come into play. Um, you know, there's some, some technologies now that can trace the location that a thread of cotton has come from right down to a square kilometre. So some of that technology makes the ability to trace and ensure that goods are being produced without forced labour easier as we go forward. Now, the bill when it was presented in the Upper House, as I understand it, it did not mention any nation by name. And uh, as you've mentioned, there is an inference around the Uyghurs in China being used in some levels of, uh, of forced slavery. Are there, in fact, a whole bunch of nations that would be on that short list of being focused at this time as to uh, some of the practices that are allowed? Yes, certainly there are a number of nations throughout the world, and that's that's why it's important that it has been broadened to have that global scope. So, so the Xinjiang region of China is one of them. Um, Turkmenistan and Uzbekistan are two other countries that we've had a particular focus on with some cotton campaigning over the years. Uh, the cotton industries in both of those countries have significant influence of state-sponsored forced labour. Uh, we hear stories coming out of factories in North Korea. Uh, there are other examples in other parts of the world as well. So uh, this, is, this is a problem that's not isolated to just one location. Now, typical consumers, we don't know what we're buying. There might be some sort of a hint uh, if the clothing, the fashion that we're buying is, uh, is super cheap beyond any expectation that it might be that, uh, that low priced. That might be a hint. But for the consumer, you're not making the consumer at all, and we've had a conversation like this before, feel guilty about the fashion that they buy. But you've, in fact, set out to, in some ways, arm consumers with the sorts of resources that they can use to ensure that they're buying ethical fashion when they choose to. How does all of that work? Because you've got an ethical fashion guide. Yeah, that's right, Neil. Look, these issues are about us all playing our role. 
So, so we do a lot of research around the ethical fashion guide each year, and the, the next edition of that will be coming out in late October. So in late October on our, our website, baptistworldaid.org.au, um, you'll be able to find that latest edition. The previous one is still there at the moment. So that's a helpful way for us as individuals to find those companies that are making the, the greatest effort to ensure that their supply chains are free of issues like forced labour. Obviously, there's the responsibility of companies to do everything that they are able to do in the way that they manage their supply chains. But there's also a reality that in some of these contexts where the issue of forced labour has state sponsorship behind it, it's very difficult for individual companies to act and to move alone. And that's where pieces of legislation like this amendment to the Customs Bill come into play because it provides that added layer of protection that there's, there's a government enforced ban on that as well. Well, we've been talking fashion, but really this goes across all sorts of products, computers, electronics, in fact, uh, anything that's made in a factory where there's forced labour. I imagine there's some ways that there are those who are able to trace back that supply chain back to the source. Uh, it's, it's really a big issue right across. It's not just fashion we're talking about here, Peter. That's right. It's, it's, it's really any good that we we produce and consume. And so that's, as you said, things like technology, but it's also food. It's, it's our food where that's been grown overseas and, and sometimes, sadly, even when that's grown in, in some parts of Australia, there can be issues of modern slavery in that supply chain. So any good that we're purchasing, there is a risk of that. Um, and that's where this legislation is not just targeted exclusively at the fashion or garment industry, but it, it covers all industries, all products. So listeners now can get an idea what's going on and uh, you're happy to resource people with the information they might need to know and uh, listeners to our conversation today will be very happy that that information can come from an organisation like Baptist World Aid. You mentioned the website is baptistworldaid.org.au. When people visit the site, uh, they'll no doubt be able to keep up with this development, uh, but what other resources can they access from your website, Peter? Yeah, look, on, on our website, you'll find lots of ways to engage with issues of poverty and injustice globally. So you'll find plenty of things there. And specifically on issues related to this, you'll find some great resources around ethical consumption and, and the decisions that we can make individually. Uh, the ethical fashion guide, the, the past edition is there now at the moment. And as I mentioned earlier, a new edition will be, be launched in late October. So that resource will be there as well. And as you say, it's, it's wonderful as a Christian organisation to be able to work in and lead in this space. We have, as Christians, such a strong heritage. We've just very recently celebrated the anniversary of William Wilberforce's birthday. Um, and I think you know, hearing his name reminds us of just that heritage that we as Christians have had in working to, to prevent and to end slavery and the slave trade in all of its forms. He was involved in some important milestones several hundred years ago, and now there's a continuing challenge for us to step up and to play our role. Well, Peter Keegan, honour to you and the team at Baptist World Aid. Peter Keegan is Director of Advocacy for Baptist World Aid. The website is baptistworldaid.org.au. And while you're there, as Peter says, you can access the Ethical Fashion Guide. There's a new edition coming out in October, but between now and then, the old edition is likely to be very, very useful. Peter Keegan, thanks so much for your update today on 2020. Pleasure to join you, Neil. 
Thanks for taking time to listen to this audio on demand from Vision Christian Media. To find out more about us, go to vision.org.au.